Thank you so much for sharing what you are doing. It's just incredible how God just is building his church around the world, isn't it? And we get to be a part of it. Thank you. We get to be a part of it in small ways, in big ways, in praying, in knowing. You know, I, I've always kept little missionary prayer cards at my kitchen sink because I spend a lot of time there. A lot of dishes in the Kerr house. But it's a great reminder to just always be praying and lifting them up and the things that they encounter. And so we're so happy that we can partner with you. Thank you so much for being here today and sharing uh, the work that you are doing. Um, Homestead as a church, we're going to support them monthly. So we're adding them to our list of missionaries that we give to every month out of our general fund. But we also want to encourage you. Maybe the Lord has just spoke to some of your hearts today about partnering with them in a deeper way. Maybe you want to personally give. Jeff and I have a list of missionaries we personally give to. Maybe God is calling you to do that. Maybe there's something that you want to partner with them. Um, I just encourage you to be open to whatever the Holy Spirit is saying to you because he is building his church around the world, and we get to be a part of it, right? We have our little corner here, but we are a part of the big church around the world, and God wants to use each and every one of us to build his church. So thank you. We're going to take an offering at the end of service, but first I'm going to just share a little bit before we go. I promise I won't go long. I promise. I promise. Um, Okay, maybe I will, but <laughs> but I'm going to really try. Um, but today we are been talking about generosity, so I want you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter six. Uh, Luke chapter six is the Beatitudes. Jesus is preaching; he is teaching the people about what it means to be a follower of Christ. And in Luke chapter 6, this is the Sermon on the Mount. It's also found in Matthew chapter 5. And this is the sermon at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He sits down on a hillside and he starts talking to the people about what it means to be a follower of Christ. He describes the lifestyle and the character of a follower of Jesus. And there's something really incredible that we can learn from this because he is showing us what our lives should look like. Those of us that call Christ our King and our Lord, we follow him. There is a way that our lives should look, and the Beatitudes spell that out for us. And so I want to start all the way back at verse 27, Luke chapter 6, 27. And it says this, But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat... Do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to, to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be paid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. 
Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. And give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And that's what I want to focus on today, that last verse. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So I want to dig a little deeper into what this means. But first, we have to recognize the context of where we find this verse. We have to recognize that this is in a bigger picture of what Jesus is saying it looks like to be a follower of Christ. If we look at what Jesus is talking about right before he shares this incredible verse on giving, we see that this passage of scripture is about much more than being generous with money. It's wrapped up in a much bigger picture than just giving away the things that we have. Jesus is teaching us what it means to be a generous person. He's showing us what it means to be generous in spirit to everyone we come into contact with. He talks about being generous with forgiveness, offering it freely. He talks about giving love freely without expecting anything in return. He talks about a generosity of our hearts in showing kindness to anyone. Did you see what it says? Because he shows kindness even to the wicked and ungrateful. He's saying that that should be us as well. He reminds us that giving is not limited to giving to those who love us, to those who can repay us, to those who think like us, that those that love us. But he's saying our generosity is poured out on those who are ungrateful, who are unloving, who are our enemies. This is a tough gospel, right? Because it feels a little unfair. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You want me to love them? Yep. You want me to be generous with them? Yeah. Forgive them? Yeah. A generous spirit is what God is after. This is a heart issue. This is a heart issue. And more than just being willing to part with our money, Jesus wants us to be generous in our hearts. He wants us marked by a spirit that is always giving, giving grace, giving love, giving forgiveness. This is the way of Jesus, a person who is constantly giving and pouring out in every kind of way. And this should be the spirit of those of us that follow Jesus. I was reading one of my commentaries. The pulpit commentary said this about this passage of scripture, and I have not been able to shake it all week. It says this, the grand characteristic feature of the society of his followers must be generosity. They must be known among men as givers rather than judges. It's good to stop right here and ask ourselves this question. Are we known as givers or judges? Are we known as givers or judges? When people think of the big church, the big church out there, are they known, are we known as they're so generous, they're giving, they're giving of their resources, but also so generous in how they treat us, how kind, how loving, how forgiving, how generous they are in spirit. Or judges, 
You don't deserve that. Here's what I don't like about you. Here's what I don't like about how you live. We have to be known as givers and not judges. This verse is tucked right into the heading in my Bible that says, do not judge others. And then we see this whole verse on giving. We have to ask, stop right here and ask ourselves this question. Are we known among men as givers or judgers? Is Homestead Community Church known in our city as a giver or a judger when they walk in these doors? And am I, Christy Kerr, when people encounter me in their lives, do they see a giver or do they see a judger? We have to ask ourselves these questions. And it's not just a judger of sin. It's a judger of whether or not someone is worthy of kindness or worthy of forgiveness or worthy of love or worthy of our generosity, right? We like to kind of weigh it all out. Well, they seem sorry, so now I'll bestow forgiveness. But no, Christ is saying, that's not the condition here. You just give. You just love. And you know why he does that? Because that's what he did for us. That's what he did for us, right? He makes it very clear that our giving of love and kindness and resources should be flowing full of a heart full of love for other people, not just the people we like or agree with us or can pay us back, but those who are undeserving. Because this is how we represent Jesus, because he loved us when we were totally unworthy of love. He loved us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us, and we could never deserve it. We could never earn it. We could never be good enough. And yet he freely gave in our undeserving, ungrateful, wicked state. He gave everything he had for us. What does John 3.16 says? For God so loved the world that he what? He gave. This is the core of the gospel. Giving is the core of the gospel. He gave so that we can be free from sin. And so when we show a generosity of spirit to others, we are duplicating what Christ has done for us. That's why it's important. Because we are duplicating the unmerited grace that was poured on us that then we're pouring on others. That's why this is important. Jesus sets the table of what it means to be truly generous. And then he gives us a little more instruction on the measure of what our generosity should look like. So let's look at Luke 6:38 again. It says, "Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you." So Jesus is telling us basically how you dish it out is how you're going to get it, right? How you give it out is how you're going to get it back. It means whatever the measure you use to give, that's the measure that you're going to receive it. So I brought some measuring cups today because I had to go buy new ones because after Thanksgiving, all mine were dirty. Um, so I bought new ones. The dollar store is just right around the corner. But it was a good reminder of measuring cups, right? The measure you use is the measure that it's going to come back, right? And so some of us are doing okay with our generosity, maybe like, you know, third of a cup. Maybe that kind of is in the middle, right? We're doing pretty good. That's, that's the cup we are using in our generosity. So we're doing okay. We're fairly kind to others. We're fairly loving. We, we give. 
we probably could be more generous, but you know, we're not sure about this whole generosity thing. So we give, but we're probably pretty conservative. We give responsibly. We give conservatively, right? That's the measure that we are using. And others have grown in their level of generosity. God has been showing them what it means to be generous. And so they've grown. They've got a bigger cup. They're using a bigger cup. They've decided to be generous with what they've had. They're loving towards others. When they see a need, they immediately think, you know what, Lord, do you want me to meet that need? And when God speaks, they're obedient and they follow through and they have chosen a larger measure. And others have decided that maybe they're going to use something real small. And actually, my daughter Betty is obsessed with many things. So you guys, I literally have the tiniest rhetoric. (laughs) Are they cute? It's a whole little kit. But some of us, this is the measure we're using. This tiny, tiny little measure of generosity, of spirit, right? We're, we're like, okay, Lord, yeah, here you go. Thanks. And we think it's enough. And yet, what does the scripture say? The measure you use is how you're going to get it back. This is a bad choice. <laughs> I would say that to my kids. We're choosing poorly here, right? God says the measure that you choose is how your giving will be given back to you. Now, Jeff has been talking over the last couple of weeks about how God wants to flow resources through us. He gives to us so that we can flow out to others. This is the flow of how God provides for his people. He gives to us so that we can flow out. So this is a very good visual reminder of how you want this whole thing to go. God can flow this Yep, okay, Lord, I got my little spoon. And he can even flow the third of a cup. But man, give me the biggest cup I can find. That's what I want my life to look like, overflowing in generosity. You get to decide how big the cup is. The measure that you use to give will be the measure in which you receive If you are pouring out a generous amount of kindness and grace to people, God is going to continue to pour out a generous amount of kindness and grace to you. If you are pouring out a limited amount of love and goodness to people, you're going to receive that back. And yes, this is also true of how we are generous with money. If you are quick to give, quick to obey, looking to meet people's needs. God has promised to quickly pour back to you in numerous ways. Now, let me say something really important here. This is not about a dollar amount, right? This is not about, oh, some of you are giving $2 and some of you are giving $200, right? That's not what we're talking about here. This isn't, the bigger cup isn't more money, right? The bigger cup is not more money. The bigger cup is your heart, right? And we know this because Jesus tells a story in Luke about a widow comes to the temple with two small coins. He tells this story while Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. And then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, the poor widow gave, has given more than the rest of them. For they've given a tiny part of their surplus But she, poor as she is, she gave everything she had. So we're not talking about the dollar amount. We're not talking about the level. We're talking about the heart. 
God commended her tiny little gift because it came full of a heart, full of generosity. And the people that gave more, that it was nothing for them to just throw it in the plate. God said, no, 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 your heart is not right. The measuring cup is not about more money. The measuring cup is about having a generous spirit. So in this supernatural flow of resources, we get to pick the vessel. We get to pick the cup. So as God is challenging you over this season, as we continue to talk about it, we're bringing all kinds of things in front of you over the next month. You get to pick the cup. The measure you use will be the measure it comes back to you, which leads us to the last part of this verse that I want to highlight. It says, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Now, this was a reference to when people would go and buy their grain from a merchant. So they'd bring their containers, and the merchant would come, and he would start to fill it up, right? And there were three ways that he would fill it up. The first was called the strike. The strike was just a little bit before the top of the cup. Now, I like to think this is like when you go to Chipotle, and the lady's putting your beef and your burrito, right? And you know the one that does the strike. It's not quite to the top, and Jeff's always like, a little more. <laughs> a little more on that burrito, right? You all know what I'm talking about? Okay, so they would go to one merchant, might just say, okay, there's your measure, right? And it was just kind of right there. And then there was another that would do a full measure. I'm going to move this in here because it might get messy. A full measure meant it was going right to the top. That was a full measure. And then there was a heaping measure. And that meant that they would kind of let, it, let a little go over the top. That was the heaping measure. And that's how, so you would kind of learn who was the person you wanted to go to when you were buying your grain. That guy's a striker. That guy's a heaper. I think we're going to go over here, right? It's just like you pick your ch Chipotle burrito lady. So this is what he was talking about here. But Jesus says, not only am I the heaper, I am pressed down, shaken together, shake it to get more in, and then running over so that it pours into your lap. It's overflowing. They would have it in their lap, and then they would take their tunic, and they'd wrap it up and go home like this. So we pick the cup, and then the Lord just pours and pours and pours, and you cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive God. He pours over abundantly. He generously presses down, shakes it together, running over will be given to you when you have a generous spirit. This is the measure God uses with us. When you have a heart of generosity, God delights in pouring out more blessings to you. When he says a generous spirit, he knows that he can, you can be trusted with resources. Malachi 3.10 says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Overflowing. That's what God has promised. Now, does this mean that God is like some super slot machine and you're like, this is a great deal. This is awesome. Good investment. I'm going to just give more because now I'm going to get more, right? We're not going to trick God, right? He knows our hearts. This is about our hearts. 
Remember the condition here. God sees our hearts. He knows whether our generosity is coming from a heart of obedience and love or we're thinking selfishly, oh, great, this is a good promise. This is another way for me to get more. Okay, we're not going to trick God into this. He wants our hearts. So we have to ask this question, God, is my heart a heart of generosity? Yes, and yes, God pours out blessings on us, and many times it comes in financial forms. But how many of you know that God's blessings, some of them you just can't measure? The joy that comes from a generous spirit cannot be matched. When God pours out your heart into someone else, that is a blessing that money could never buy. The peace that comes to a heart that has fully surrendered their finances to Christ, that is inexplainable. And the miraculous way that God provides for his children who have learned how to allow him to flow his resources through their lives, that's an incredibly fun way to live. He says, test me in this, try me, and you will see me do the miraculous through your life. I want to close just sharing a story, and I've shared it here before, but it just, I think it just fits. So when Jeff and I left, we were at River Valley Church for 10 years as the music pastors there, and we felt that God was calling us into a new season of ministry. And so we just felt like the Lord said, now is the time. And so Jeff quit his job, and we had no idea what was next. We had no clue what was next. We didn't, we didn't see Homestead in our little vision yet. We thought, okay, maybe a month from now we'll know what we're doing. Maybe two months from now we'll know what we're doing. And what had happened right before uh, Jeff had resigned his position was that Farmington tornado that came through about 10 years ago. You guys remember that? Well, our house was one of the houses that got hit. And so we had some damage and we had all this work done. And by the time it all shook out, we had money left over. So we had a chunk of money left over, and to us, we were just so grateful because we felt like we put it in our savings account, and it was like, the Lord has provided for us. And we're like, great, we don't know how long we need this to last, but at least there's something, right? Because the paychecks stopped. They just stopped. We didn't have anything. We had four kids. They loved to eat and have a roof over their head, and we didn't have any income. And so I remember we put that money in our savings account. And one night I was getting ready to go out and meet a girl from church um, for coffee. And Jeff and I had just sat down and had a conversation about our finances. And we literally had nothing on the horizon. And so he said, okay, listen, we've got that money in our savings account. Like we are going to just, that is for an emergency. Like we're going to just put it there. We don't know how long we're going to need to make that last. We're just going to let it sit. Okay. And I'm like, yes. We're on the same page, 100%. Money staying in the account. So then I go to coffee. You can all see where this story is going already. I go to coffee with this young lady, and we're just talking normal life. She had lost her mom. Her dad wasn't in the picture. She was a young adult. And we were just sitting there talking, not about even anything financially. And I heard the Holy Spirit speak to my heart. I want you to give her $500. And I'm sitting there going like, no, 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 no. I don't have $500. And she's talking, I don't even know what she was talking about because at this point I'm having this very big argument with the Lord in my head. I don't have $500. Yes, you, and he said, yes, you do. It's sitting in your savings account. No, 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 I need that. <laughs> Lord, we need that. We need that. We don't have a job, remember? 
Remember, we don't have any money. This has to last us until we figure out what is next, and I don't know how long that's going to be. Plus, I'm going to get in real big trouble with my husband if I give this money away. And I'm having this argument. So I'm literally trying to text Jeff under the table, like, and, and he's not answering his phone. And I just remember, like, this inner turmoil going on, and so... She got up and went to the bathroom, and I was trying to call Jeff, and he didn't answer. And finally, I just heard the Lord say, are you going to be obedient with me in this? I'm telling you, I need you to give her $500. And I just was like, okay, Lord. Okay, I trust you. So I took out my checkbook, and I wrote a check. And we were getting ready to leave, and I just kind of slid this across. And I said, hey, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to bless you with this. She started crying. She was late on her rent. And thank you so much. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I said, and I cried because it was wonderful to be a blessing. And then I got in the car and I prayed the whole way home. Lord, you, you sent an angel to Joseph because Mary did, Mary, he wasn't going to believe her. So Lord, I need you to just go ahead of me and send, a, <laughs> send an angel. So I walked into the house and I said, honey, I did something. He was like, what did you do? And I, I told him the story. And I said, honestly, I, I was not being disrespectful. I wasn't being cavalier. Honestly, the, I just, the Lord would not let me get away from this. And I'm so grateful that his response was, honey, I trust your ability to hear from the Lord. And so we just kind of went, well, okay, well, there went some of our money. <laughs> and the next morning, there was a knock on my door. And I walked to the front door, and there was a neighbor. And she had an envelope. And she said, Christy, I've had this sitting on my counter. And this morning, the Lord woke me up and said, you need to take this over there right now to the curse. And so I said, thank you so much. That's, she, I hadn't talked to her. She had no reason to think anything about it. And I opened up the envelope after she left. And there was $1,000 cash. And I... I just, Jeff and I just sat there and cried. And we felt like the Lord said, you're going to learn how I work in this. I'm going to teach you how I work in this. You have to trust me. That $500 is nothing to me. Could I not pour out so much more on you? You don't have to be, you don't have to be tight with it. You can be generous because I know what I'm doing. And you know all the pieces of that story that are so amazing? Because the girl that needed the rent money was blessed. We were blessed. My neighbor was blessed when I told her later the whole story. She was like, what a joy that I got to be a part of that story. This is how God's economy works. And when people ask us, hey, you planted a church, was that scary? I said, no. You know why? The Lord took us to the school of trusting him with our finances. It was four years without a steady job, y'all. And we did not ever want for anything because the Lord is our provider. And if we keep our hearts soft and we keep flowing, we don't have to worry about that. I do not live with fear for our finances anymore. I could not have said that 10 years ago. I don't live in fear for the finances of this church. I don't live in fear for the finances for you guys. 
the Lord sees your obedience and he is going to pour abundantly. He's going to provide. But this only works if we keep the flow going. As soon as we stop, it stops. But as soon as we keep giving generously, God, whatever you give, I'm going to pour out. I know couples who are older, retired, that give 50, 60% of their income away because they've learned that act. And if you ask them, they'll say, it is so much fun <laughs> to watch God give through us. But the fear will stop us. The fear will keep us right here. So we just have to trust the Lord and be generous in our hearts and our spirits and in every way. So let's close in prayer. Lord, I thank you so much that you take really good care of your kids. And Lord, you pour out unmerited favor on us. First in salvation, Jesus, you loved us when we didn't deserve it. And Lord, in addition to that, you take really good care of us. And Father, today we want to have, be generous in spirit. Lord, not just with our resources, but with every part of our lives, God. The people that we meet, the people we encounter. Lord, that they would walk away saying, what a generous soul. How kind they were to me. How, how much they poured on understanding and forgiveness and grace to me. And yes, Lord, we want to pour on generosity in every way. God, we thank you that when we give, that you bless us in ways we could have never imagined. But Lord, our fear keeps our cups small. Our fear of not having enough keeps our cups tiny. And we're scared. So I pray today, Lord, for the freedom to just pick the biggest vessel and to say, Lord, I trust that I cannot outgive you, that whatever I pour back out, you are going to pour back in, pressed down, shaken together, running over into our laps. We believe the truth of the word that says that's true. And Lord, we know from our own experience that that's how you operate. You always give above and beyond. And so, Lord, we're asking could you help us be brave in our generosity? Could you teach us how to be extravagant in our giving? Could we trust you at a deeper level, Lord? Could you take us to a new place of giving that we've never been before, but that we would see you do the miraculous and we would feel the joy that comes through giving. We would sense the peace that comes from knowing you are in control. And maybe experience the incredible adventure of walking through this life with you with open hands and open hearts. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray all of these things. Amen. Amen.
So we have a couple different ways that you can give today. This amazing couple, we want to support them. We want to send them off with a, an offering to help them get back to Thailand as soon as possible so they can continue their work. So up here, you can use that QR code. And if you uh, scan that and type in missions, that money is going to go to them today. We want to encourage you in your giving towards all kinds of things um, over the season. Grab a tag as you're leaving today. Um, there is gifts downstairs for us to bless this family. And I am so proud of you, church. Thank you for being a generous church. And I'm excited to see what God is going to do through us in the next month as we continue with a heart of generosity. So we love you. God bless you. And have a great day.